Grégoire, Dan Bistenme, oui, Chauvecac, Valmef. Welcome to episode 21 of Smart Enough to Know Better. So much for me starting this time. You just start all the time, Dan. I was going to start. Well, I don't know. Welcome to episode 21. See? How do you like it? I told you to do that five oh, wait, minutes ago. Wait, hang on, ago. hang on. I'll get it. Welcome to episode 22. Yeah. Oh, nice job. Yeah. You've got the jump on me. Yeah, I have. Been. Well done. That's it. Now you have to be like episode 23 and 22. And then and this is your end in tears. Yeah, that's, that's not going to be irritating or too complex for me to do at all <laughs> when I'm editing it. Episode 21, we're, ooh, we're an adult, we're an illegal, we're a legal adult podcast now. Yeah. There you go, very exciting. Ooh, we should get go. a big wooden key. That's it. <laughs> we go drinking. Now we're mature. And now they'll give us a manual that tells you exactly how to be an adult podcast. We don't want to flail around yeah. like lunatics like we have been. Hey, should we tell people that we're on the radio? I was going to do that at the end, but do it at the start. No, I do it at the end. That's good, yeah. No, oh, that, don't, we, we won't tell them anything here yes. at the beginning. Keep secret, keep secret. Okay. But I'm just waiting for the day that that trick goes wrong, the padlock doesn't open, and I end up permanently padlocked to someone. <laughs> that sounds like a very interesting interviewee. And soon we'll discover how he does the voodoo's that he does so well. Hey, you know the dog star? Yeah, Sirius. Sirius. And Not si- personally, but, you know, we've, we've no. met at parties. But, but Sirius has a, a partner star. Is it, is it a, a binary system? It's a star? binary system. Yes. Most stars are. It's 60%. Yep. So, so, the, so the big one, that's called Sirius A. Mm-hmm. And then the little one is called... Sirius B? Yes. Oh. Now, and I don't know whether this is the, the official way of doing it, but if I put Sirius and then IV mm-hmm. in Roman numerals, mm-hmm. then that would refer to... A planet. Which one? The fourth planet. Yes. One. So it would be Sirius 4. Yes. There is an alternate name for our planet, Greg. Chad 3! Chad 3! Chad 3! We're standing on Chad 3! Ah, Chad, that's very exciting. This! uh, Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chad (laughs) 3. Chad I I I. Uh, And good for love songs, because the only things you can rhyme with Earth is. um, Mirth. Mirth. Kirth. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is hard. Chad 3. Turf. Is um is rad rad me? That's right. Ah, uh, um, a, uh, uh, a bad B. Meet me on Chad three. Mm. I'll tie you down. You'll never flee. Uh, oh wait, no, that's a bit weird. Uh, we're going to go back to uh, we're going to recompose that one. Well, speaking of planets, speaking yeah. of Chad three, let's move on. Chad three. Let's talk about Chad three then. Yeah. Chad three. Yeah. Well, it's here. It weighs. Uh, it doesn't weigh anything. It just floats. It, it floats in space. Uh, it's got no good. weight. Oh, hush you. It doesn't even fall into Chad. <laughs> Chad 3. Let's talk about Chad 3 for a moment. Chad 3. Chad 3 is underneath us. We, we stand on top of Chad 3. and it, we look. Everybody up. stands on top, top of, of Chad, Chad 3. That's the power of gravity. Now, it weighs about 6 by 10 to the 24 kilograms. So it's a freaking heavy thing. So that's 24 zeros. Yes, six, 24 zeros after in kilograms. It's massive. But the question is, Dan Beeston, is Chad 3 getting heavier or lighter? Well, I- Ooh. Just think about it. Okay. Think about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then this, this is the question. I want you to reason your way through this. All right. Is, is Chad 3, or is it getting, saying the same? Is, mm. is Chad 3 lighter, heavier in a, in a year's time, or is it the same mass? All right. All right. So it's just in and out stuff. So you've got 
stuff going out, like rocket ships. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Well, we, we send off um, things into space. That's right. Aliens kidnap cows. That's true. Take them up into only space. Their, only their rectums. <laughs> that's, that's what they take away. The aliens don't take the whole cow. They just call their rectums out and take it away. That's because their spaceships are cow rectal powered. Oh, really? One day humans will work out cow rectal power and it'll save the world. It'll stop off the methane. Is that why we named the outer planet Uranus? So to, as well, a diversion. What's weird is we didn't name it that. That was an alien trying to give us a hint. Ah, right. That's right. That's none uh, of that's he- true. He- helium and hydrogen probably escape. Oh, yes, very good. Yes. Okay, yes. At the same time. Why would it got... escape, Dan? Why would it escape? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know. Okay. Because it's, it's, got, it's got mass. Yeah. But it's not as much mass. But it sitting on top. I don't know. I it's don't. Just, it's just I light. I don't know why it it's just sits. light. So, so. But it's it, not. It's not weightless. No, but it's very, very it's light. It's very, though. very light. And, and so it, it literally. Well, it, it goes to the outside edges of the atmosphere. Well, yeah. It's more. Well, heavy elements will sink lower. So and it, then, and, it has to reach escape velocity. No, no, from no, no. up there. Well, technically, it is. But what For it means is the energy from from cosmic rays and things like that, or the sun, the solar wind, literally blows the lighter elements right off our atmosphere. Wow. And and it's a lot too. There are ninety. 25,000 tons of hydrogen lost every year, and there are 1,600 tons of helium lost from the wow. Earth every year. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of hydrogen. That's a bucket load of hydrogen. That's, a, that's many buckets. Well, it says if one bucket called a ton, that's 95,000 buckets of hydrogen. But hydrogen's plenty. Hang, 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 hold on a minute. This is going to play havoc on my addictions. <laughs> well, the hydrogen... Thank you very much. That's, that's very good. The hydrogen is no problem. There's hydrogen everywhere. You can't go anywhere with a hydrogen. H2O, most of the planet is covered in some version yep. of hydrogen or hydrogen compound. Anyway, but helium, we've discussed this before, helium isn't very common on Earth. It's running out. And 1,600 tons of it is just escaping into space. It's just... Bah! It's all just going away very, very quickly, much faster than the radioactive but, process that makes it is that creates it in, in aquifers under the ground. But luckily, there's yeah. all this stuff coming into Earth as well, uh, like tons and tons of micrometeors all yes. the time. Yeah, rock. A couple of biggies. Yes. As you come down, a couple yes. of satellites drop down, That's although true. I assume that they, He's, we put them up in the well, first place. Well, hopefully, otherwise it's, it's, it's a cow rectal satellite. Yeah. It's, it's or the moon. Well, and we find Mars meteorites on yep. Earth and, and moon rocks on Earth as yeah. well. Oh, that came from here. Now, the only, the only other major source of, of mass that I can think of is light energy hitting the planet and then being converted into vegetation matter. Yes. Oh, energy, I see what you say. So energy, energy, but no, the plant still had to make its body out of things on Earth. It didn't get, so the, it, the energy to create itself. I suppose, yes, there is more energy going into the system, but you're talking at very little amounts of mass-based oh, okay. uh, energy. That, that's... But because a tree grows and a big chunk of that is sunlight going into it, isn't it? No, it gets its energy, but that's like saying that your body so it doesn't turn sunlight. Its... So, tree... so vegetation doesn't turn sunlight into mass. No, it, it turns into... It uses energy to turn, turn nitrates and soil and, things and into mass, water. Yes, into, yes. It's not magically transforming it into... It's just, well, it's, it doesn't it's have to be magic. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be... Shut up, you! <laughs> magically. It's not... Run, it's, not it's, it's running... The, it's like saying... Craig, does the magical... Be, does the oh, magical sun no. in the sky... It's, Oh, make hush trees. Hush the, the, it's like saying a factory is electricity and therefore electricity is making mass because it's making cars. I, no. I, well, I, I knew that. I knew that yeah. we, we, could, we didn't have many ways of really successfully turning energy into matter. Like we right. can using, what are those things? All the Hadron Collider things. We can make mass, yes. We can make a, a little bit. It's really hard. Well, no, you can make, 
No, no, what? No, they, no, no. They, what, so no. They, they take protons and slam them together and make and basically see what comes out of those protons. And the interesting thing about that is if you ram two protons together, let's say a proton weighs one, one whatever, mm-hmm. and, and you slam two of them together, so it's two, massive two, because they're running into each other. What's weird, because of the quantum weirdness, that what, what comes out probably weighs four or five. <laughs> Yeah. So what come, more mass comes out than yeah. we put in? But so it's we because are, of the energy. Yeah. So we're making en- turning, getting men- energy and turning it into matter. Yes. Yes. Right. Transforming it. Yes. Yes. yes right. So yes. yeah, we we can't. I mean, plants but aren't doing that. No. No. I, plants, I, I did not know that. Oh, okay. Plants are making carbohydrates. Like like we make carbohydrates. So they're just using the chlorophyll to, to make it into a form well, of I, energy. I thought because we we get our energy chemically. Yes. But so they, do they get. But. They're like but, solar-powered cells, so so the light hits the chlorophyll, and a chemical process occurs, which makes sugars, or makes a carbohydrate, wow. which becomes sugar, and that sugar, like we run on sugars, it, they run on sugars, and then that I, it, that powers the factory that makes the the body of the plant. I'm blown away. Did you not know that? I'm 35 years old. I'd always assumed that sunlight makes leads. Well, it does technically, but. It, but it does. I, I assumed that it was energy being converted oh, into matter. Oh, oh okay. I, I honestly thought that that was the case. I thought that's, I thought that's what cl- chloro uh, photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what photosynthesis oh, was. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. That's grade ten biology. Just so you know, or you learn all other sort of stuff. I stopped listening in uh, grade ten biology. Well, now you know. Well, okay. So no, so sunlight's not going to make more mass in plants. No. Okay. It's still going to drag things out of the ground and nitrogen from the air, and, and it's going to make mm, its body yeah. from things on the planet. Wow. So you can't just have a plant in space. In, even if it had air and water, it wouldn't suddenly make more mass. Yeah. It wouldn't get bigger. It had nothing to build off. It would yeah. just be like, oh, that's great for me. And it would probably die. Yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't know what to do. That's what happens. Uh, in space. It doesn't, need, it doesn't need to be in space. It I've tried it for doing plant. a garden. You don't need it to be in space <laughs> for it to die. But the, the weird one for me, which uh, this comes from a, an article on from actually the BBC, uh, listening to the BBC, and they were talking about all this stuff, and I went and looked up a program about it. But they were discussing one I hadn't thought about. Was everything you said then, yes, I thought, you know, gas going away and rocks coming in. Oh, by the way, the um, we get 40,000 tonnes of dust from space every year. Yep. 40,000 tonnes of dust. So at the moment, we're, we seem to be losing a lot more, about 50,000 tonnes more mass. But the one I didn't think about was radioactive decay from the centre of the Earth because it's actually decaying. So, and, and they're, oh, so, it's giving so those energy. particles it's giving are off energy. losing mass and, and radioactive particles well, are zo- zooming, zooming out. Yeah, there is energy. That's why our, our core of the planet is still warm. Well, one of the reasons the core of the planet is still warm, due to radioactive decay. Uh, it's also tidal forces squeezing it. But mm. it's, it's a lot of its radioactive decay that keeps our core quite molten, which gives us a magnetic field, mm-hmm. keeps an avanzellum belt so we don't all get fried on the surface. Yep. But that is technically is losing mass because the energy, it's, it's an energetic uh, reaction. It's losing mass. It's firing particles out, which is warming the surrounding area. But that is actually losing mass from the center of the planet as well. But very, 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 very small huh, okay. mass. Do you think the Earth is therefore lighter? In one year's time, is the Earth lighter, heavier, or the same mass? Uh, uh, I reckon that it's almost dead even. Well, compared to the... I reckon in and out are very, very close. <laughs> well, yes. Compared to the size of the planet... No, no. Like, from even just the size... Like, I, I reckon it's within a couple of kilos. Right. Okay, that's... that's yeah. Yes. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? That would be one of those... Hey, a couple of episodes ago, we discovered we lived in a flat universe. That's very true. That's very true. You know true. what? I reckon it's exactly the same. Well, you would be incorrect. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's 50,000 tons. We're of Got mass every year. Escaping or coming in? Uh, losing. We losing. Actually, uh, we're 50 actually tons losing 50,000 tons of mass every year. The planet Earth is becoming Wait, lighter. Wait, 50,000 50, tons. 50,000 tons of mass. 
is being lost off Chad 3 every year. 50,000 tons of mass. Wow. But compare that to 6 by 10 to the 24 kilograms, which is only going to be 6 by 10 to the 21 tons. Mm. 50,000 is nothing. 50,000 is, is 5 by 10 to the 4 tons. So it's a factor of seven, 1 to by 10 to the 17 of its mass. It's nothing. It's, it means nothing. Seeing 1 by 10 to the 3 would be like 1%. You're talking ridiculously small amounts of mass are leaving the planet. But the planet Chad 3 is getting lighter every year. Still wouldn't want it to land on me. Not yet. Give it a couple billion years, you can throw it. Regular listeners of this podcast will know that I'm not really a dog person. No, not even a dog star person. Nope, not really a cat person. No. If pressed, I've been telling people that I'm a scorpion person, because that means I don't need to touch them. But you said that, but then of course we had pointed out, Shane, that we knew nothing about scorpions. It was very sad. We didn't know a lot about scorpions. You like them, but you like them from afar. From afar. Right, right. So I've realised I need to be a little bit more likeable. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I need to share interests. And you know what people love? They're kids. Oh. So. They're like little animals. I've decided to fictionalize a child. Uh, does that mean you're going to take a real child and pretend they don't exist anymore? <laughs> Dress them up as a wizard. That's no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no. From now on, me, Dan Beeston, mm-hmm. on Smart Enough No Better, yes. I have a eight-year-old son. Eight-year-old son. Oh, yes. congratulations. Thank you very much. Who's the mother? Uh, we don't talk about her. Oh, okay, right, right. We don't tell the frog. It's not the frog princess. She, uh, she, never, well, she didn't have a phantom pregnancy eight years ago. Oh, let's... <laughs> see, at my relation to the frog princess, it's yeah. got to be ambiguous in oh, that. So that's the ambiguous thing. That makes it sexy and it makes you accessible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah ambiguous, ambiguous wife yeah, look, and I, fictional child. I'm, I'm not going to give up the opportunity for uh, for podcast groupies. <laughs> Most of them are guys, you realise. Oh, that's fair enough. Hey, look, you know... It's floating your boat. Science is all about experimentation. <laughs> um, but yes, I like men to a three sigma possibility. <laughs> That's for the statisticians out there. A three sigma joke. Boom! Enjoy it, kids. I hope they're having a lovely time because I, I don't have are. the foggiest what you're talking about. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I figure a four-year-old kid, and that way four-year-old I four-year-old kid. It's hard to name. Oh no, no, no eight-year-old. Oh, I don't sorry. Know. I don't know you. I'm, I was totally believing it, and then suddenly you didn't know your own kid's age, and I just don't believe uh, you anymore. Well, I hang mean, on, hang on. That kid just died. And the oh. cat's in the cradle, and it's no, it's gone, it's gone. And now there's a new kid. How old is that kid? Eight. You're a monster. You just got another eight-year-old kid out of nowhere. It's your second kid. What happened to the first kid that was four or eight? We don't talk about that, dude. That's cold. Anyway, uh, but you know what, my kid. What's uh, his name? Fictiono. Buckethead. Uh, buck, Buckethead. Buck. Buck. Buck Beast. No, it's not Buck Beaston. That sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a porn star. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's Greg. No. I no. named him after you. No, you, no, no that's going to get confusing. That's going to get very confusing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jason. Jason. His name's Jason. Jason. Why not, why Jason not, Beaston. Why not Chad? Because that's going to get confusing. Yeah, that's confusing too. That's very nice. Like, oh, I was out all day and, uh, and, and Chad burned me. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that kid. I never look at Chad. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't like going near him. It's not safe. <laughs> See, there's a lot of it. He's a very big kid, uh, but, so, my, but I do orbit around him. So Jason. Jason, Jason Beeston. Jason Beeston, right. Jason has become very interested in magic oh. because everyone loves magic and oh. kids are agog at it's magic. Not, that's true. He's just trying to make himself uh, real. Okay, different type of magic. <laughs> um, he's not a puppet. <laughs> So, 
I have organised an interview with a magician. Oh, lovely. We'll do tricks. So, ladies and gentlemen, ta-da. Hey, presto. Yes. Welcome to the show, Mr. Peter Booth. Thank you. Now, Peter, you're a wizard. A wizard. That's correct. <laughs> a sorcerer. A, a dark warlock. The, the Bible is against that. Mm, mm. Oh, okay. I'll stop there. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. Is, is there anything else the Bible doesn't want me to do? Does that now, about, oh, these, wait, about these shellfish we're eating. <laughs> Let me check. Wait, what are your clothes made of? It's against tattoos. Tattoos? Yes. I had this great idea recently. I went, oh, wouldn't it be awesome to actually get that thing from Leviticus about yeah. you mustn't have tattoos inscribed on your flesh as a tattoo. That would be brilliant. Uh, and then irony. someone popped up on the internet like less than a day later who was really popular and said the same thing. And I was like, damn it. Oh, I don't hear that. Which, you know, the problem with tattoos is it was all the things she said, all the things she said running through my head, running through my head. All the things she said, all the things she said running through my head. Take that back to 2003 where it belongs. Damn it! Sister. <laughs> Does it really say that? No tattoos? Yep, no tattoos. Oh, wow. No mixing fibres. You can't cover asses or something. And there's a whole list of birds you're not allowed to eat. <laughs> right. Including fruit bats. Oh, okay. Oh, that's God's favourite bird, I must admit. God's favourite bird. Well, I'm, done. I'm not getting into heaven if that's the case. That's what, you, you've eaten fruit bats? <laughs> Are you a fruit bat eater? Filth monger. Who is this man and why have you invited him? We should probably... We've established I'm a warlock. I said, he's a warlock and, and he's a fruit bat eater. <laughs> we should probably give him an opportunity to speak. <laughs> I'm out in the daylight for the first time in a long time. So. <laughs> in Australian summer. That's not good planning. Not good planning at all. An all or nothing situation, is it? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, I just like the fact that we're at a pool party and we're upstairs in, in a closed room. Well, the, talking, uh, talking into a microphone. The Smart Enough to Know Better pool party is an annual function yeah. when we invite the most beautiful women and the most handsome men to stroke us with oils. <laughs> and I'm hoping by saying that it becomes real. <laughs> It's theatre of the mind. It is. Uh. And all the other parts of the body. And what's weird so, is... The, sh shut up! No, 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 the important part here is... The important part, not who we're talking to, the important part is the pool is actually in the blimp. Yeah. It's no. actually... It's, it's like there's a pool room in the blimp, and you think it's like billiards. Oh, no, no, no. It's an Olympic-sized swimming pool with women. Real women. Not mechanical women. They're real. Oh, I wish they were mechanical women. <laughs> all right. Let's start the actual interview, shall we? So, you do magic? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Did you start young? I did, actually. I started as a hobby, obviously, at about five years old. Expo 88, you know. Expo 88. Yes. Big world festival. Oh, yes, yes. And all the performers from around the world came there, and I think there were about 300 magicians there, and I saw a few of them, and uh, I thought, well, that looks good. So I started practicing it, and I did shows in my family room <laughs> for my family <laughs> and friends. Nice. And now I do some venues, some of which actually have less people than the family and friends in my family room. Oh, <laughs> that's, 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 that's right. the way it should be. That's, that's, that's the trial by Audience Expelamatus! They're exclusive shows. <laughs> <laughs> Stop using that spell! <laughs> Most people grow up out of it, and I never did. I, I so, like a man who's, who says he's not going to grow up out of it. Well done! <laughs> <laughs> now, I heard... Yeah. And I don't know whether this is true, right, yeah. but I heard that being a magician is mm. not necessarily the greatest pickup strategy oh, in the world. Well, there's a, a myth that's kind of been uh, going around ever since that book, The Game. You know, The Game came out? Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. There's the, this uh, guy. It, it's a book on how to trick women how to into trick having sex <laughs> exactly. with you. Yeah. Psychological manipulation. That's right. But, Sounds uh, like relationships to me. Well, I, I know guys who practice that, and they insist that you're only doing it to get closer to the woman. Actually, so that's I'm, your end. I'm going to tell you that downstairs at the, at the Smartest and the Better pool party, there is actually someone who follows the rules of the game, so... Is he doing card tricks? <laughs> no, but he's got a very exciting hat on. <laughs> 
you need a, you need what they call a peacock, which is something that makes you stand out, a talking mm. point. And the guy who practices at his his talking point, if you ever, ever see a picture of him, he looks ludicrous. He wears this mm. big fluffy hat. He calls himself. <laughs> is it J.K. from Jamiroquai? <laughs> it, it's 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 the J.K. hat. Yes. Oh wow. JK... Why don't you go back to the 2003 where the references come from? Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fine. But, but he has kind of this whole music. Superstar thing going on, mm, mm. and uh, JK's music is timeless. <laughs> and this is a guy who just has the fluffy hat. Yeah, and in the book it, it says to do magic tricks to get their interest. And so what they've started, what they've sparked, mm. the they sowed a seed which has just gone crazy. Of uh, all these guys in clubs pulling out the cards, and on the internet there's people teaching tricks to pick up women, and it's just. The first thing I often get asked by people when yeah. they find out what I do is, oh, can you t- teach me some tricks? Pick up the lady. Yeah, right. And it's just, if, if you perhaps wrongly look at look at it as an art, it's just uh, oh, an insidious thing. Right. <laughs> there you go. Oh, damn it. I'm not going to learn anything, am I? Oh. I? I quite like the notion of someone just going, oh, magic trick to impress women at clubs, and just dragging in an entire box that he can <laughs> yeah. cut someone in half with. That's We talked to, in the past, Philip Escoffe, a British... Um, Magician, and he such a name dropper. No, I am. It's going to drop. But but why why bring it up is he episode four and four point five <laughs> smartenough.org. <laughs> so uh, why I'm mentioning him is people ask him for magic. Same thing. People ask him for magic. Oh, like in bars and go, oh, can you teach me magic trick? And instead of saying no, he he would go, yes, I will treat one person a magic trick. Yeah. I will come with me and I will teach you that trick. And and you will. And, and it was a simple trick. And then I was like, well, that's really nice. He wouldn't say it to everyone. He said, you've got to keep that secret, but I'll teach you one trick, you practice it. And then I realised what he was doing. He's a very clever man. He always picked the girl he liked. Oh, right. So, <laughs> that's genius! That's like a pretty girl. That's, that's what a clever idea. So you teach them. I, I know, that's, that's, I'm besmirching his character. Now, what you've got to do is you've actually got to hide a $5 note inside your brassiere. No, not like that. Like this. <laughs> this is total slander I'm doing here. But it's, teaching one trick is kind of a clever idea, I think. And, and then making that, I think making that trick so bad, that's the other idea. He's oh, a really yeah. bad trick. And when that person does it, everyone goes, yeah, that's pretty clever. Then he goes, and here's a, an entire midget out of my face or something. And... <laughs> I actually have no problem with teaching people tricks or anyone teaching tricks. Mm. Even those people who put videos on the internet teaching tricks. I don't think it's a bad thing because as you get into it, you come to learn it's not about the tricks, as they say. Mm. What is it about then? It's I've a... wasted so many years of my life. It's about selling it's the about tricks. It's about killing doves. It's about <laughs> killing doves, exactly. As mercifully as possible. <laughs> Yeah, it's about the performance. It doesn't matter whether you're a comedy magician, David Copperfield. The only reason his show is as spectacular as it is is because he dresses it up with such theatre and the music mm. and the pizzazz behind it. Tricks are really secondary to that. Okay. So, so the whole Penn and Teller thing of just making it sort of... Yeah, make, they, they're like horrible magicians. They, they make everything bad and awful and nasty. And Yeah. No, Penn, oh, Penn and Teller are geniuses. Oh, yes. no, they are. No, they are. Yeah. What I mean is they, but they sort of have a... Their, their tricks seem to be... Anti-tricks, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, anti-magic. Yeah, and, and they, they go, here's what they show you, and, and then they show you that exactly how the trick was done, like a, a dub stuffed in a tube mm. or whatever, and, they, and then they show you, like I saw one with a perfect tube, where they show you the, the trick, how it was done originally, and then they show you the same trick done in the perfect tube, so you can see everything that's going on inside this trick, sure. and then they did another trick using the same perfect tube, which, of course, I couldn't work out because that explained 
how the original one did. After the game, oh, you're geniuses! And you're like, oh, no, that's just another level of sophistication. Like, you've just gone, yeah, exactly. they weren't doing that trick. They went, here's how you do this trick. Now we've done another one. You're like, that's a different trick. Well, Pen and Teller, they never do it gratuitously, reveal a trick, and they only reveal tricks where the actual secret is, is something quite intriguing. Mm. They never reveal a trick if the secret is ugly. And most of the secrets for tricks are pretty ugly. There's something so simple, so ridiculous, that if you were to reveal it, you'd feel stupid for getting away with something so simple. Ah. Um, or it's just a secret move when you're not looking. But yes. they deliberately either invent tricks that will be interesting when they reveal them, or they only reveal tricks, like the cups and balls they do with the clear plastic cups. Yes. And the ironic thing is you have much more of an appreciation for what they're doing and the tricks and the misdirection after you've seen it reveal. So it's it's not just about gratuitously revealing tricks. Mm. Okay. So you you like Penn & Teller? I or? love Penn & Teller, yeah. yeah. You're not you're sitting there going, the bastards are no. ruining the art form. No, How no, am I no. supposed to pick up women? <laughs> I, I don't think anyone who has studied magic in any kind of depth at all would dislike Penn & Teller. Oh, okay. Um, because really what they've come to your about, house and they will kick you down <laughs> some stairs. And Penn & Teller, they... He's a big fella. Oh, they're pendulette, enormous. <laughs> but they're able to explore ideas with magic, which mm. is something very, very rare. I mean, if you go to their show, they talk about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, things like that, airport security. They have a magic trick about airport security. <laughs> so it's just such a, an intelligent show. And it's a show you can leave and talk about with friends for, you know, a couple of hours afterwards, some of the themes that were explored. Okay. And it's very rare you find that in magic. So what was the first trick you learned? Ah, uh, cups and balls, I remember learning very... Early on, that's the one where the balls disappear in and out of the cups and mm. so forth. I think my brother showed me that and then showed me how it was done. And, mm. okay, here's the next question. That's, that's a good question you have to ask me, just what was your first trick? The second one is, what's the most spectacular a trick has gone wrong? Did, <laughs> did, did people die? Um, <laughs> were you banned from New South Wales? I mean, you know, like, something goes wrong. Spectacularly just wrong. Just about every night. Spectacularly wrong. Like someone loses an eye kind of wrong. Um, I don't remember any tricks that have gone really wrong. I think the worst that's happened is, is that your card? No, things like that. In front <laughs> of 300 people. <laughs> But there are tricks where, uh, where potentially, like there's a trick I do with where you swallow needles and then bring them back up. The potential for that going wrong is pretty crazy. Right. It hasn't yet, but I'm waiting for the day it does. There's a trick I do where I padlock someone hmm. to me, right? My, yeah. <laughs> their belt loop to my jacket buttonhole. And the, the trick is that the year they were born is the combination to the padlock. Somehow I knew what it was. But I'm just waiting for the day that that trick goes wrong, the padlock doesn't open, and I end up permanently padlocked to someone. <laughs> and they become your, your partner in crime. That's no right. An accessory. I have bolt cutters I keep in the car <laughs> in case it goes wrong. But it hasn't yet, but touch wood. But Did uh, you mention that on stage? If, don't worry, if this trick goes wrong, there's some bolt cutters in my car. You'll have, you will have to go down and get them. <laughs> We're going to fix it with all magic and these bolt cutters. Yeah. <laughs> That's <like> Alakazam! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I have I have certainly, I've made ways to go if something goes wrong. For every single trick that I do, I've thought through what could possibly go wrong and then have outs for it. Mm. Plus, but I have the benefit that I'm a comedy magician, so if something does go wrong, it's just another joke. You don't just burst into tears like David Copperfield would. <laughs> I'm sorry, there was supposed to be a tiger in there. I'm sorry, please forgive me. And the tiger is dead. The shade and fraud with a, a magician who takes themselves very seriously when 
they stuff up a trick is just too great for an audience. <laughs> if they come out mysterious and they're trying to look like some guru-like figure and then they get a trick wrong, the enjoyment for the audience is just too much. I couldn't handle that. <laughs> and I have seen that happen a lot oh, really? with those magicians. Oh, <laughs> it's an awkward situation. Who's the most famous magician in history? Houdini? Houdini. No. Ooh. There's a magician called Hocus Pocus who's so famous, his namesake has now become the term that we all know. Hocus really? Pocus. That's yeah. Wow. He's no longer a person. He is now a legendary term. That's how famous he became. I can, I can think of someone else like that. There was the, the guy who ran Apple. Now we all do work based on his name. <laughs> think about it. Everybody cooks. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> and that may eventually be what happens to the name of Houdini as well, eventually, if you wait long enough. You do a Houdini. A few hundred years. Yeah, so, kind of like, so what you're trying to say is like a vacuum cleaners are called Hoovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. it's a brand that becomes the name for the whole thing. Yeah, and so, people, in the future, people might not know Houdini was an actual person. It'll just yeah. be a term mm. for disappearing quickly. Well, or like iPods. Like, you don't call MP3 players, you call them iPods. Yeah, they're pods, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. On this podcast. Yeah, we put podcasts. I, knew, I know someone was trying it. Oh no, we should call them all netcasts. Never took yeah. off. Netcasts. You can't control yeah. it. You can't, you can't control these things. It's they, like fishing netcasts. Yeah. Uh, so after a while, because you would have learned other people's magic tricks, mm. but you would have started coming up with your own tricks? Yeah, you take it, well, there's a lot of different ways you can take it. You can take a trick that already exists and do your own thing with it. Yeah. Create your own routine, you can create your own trick. Most people, it's about 50-50, half their show is uh, entirely original creations. Half their show is other routines that are being published in books and so forth. Mm. They... So I imagine you'd buy, you'd need to buy certain... Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and and you do start off by learning routines from. Mm. Now, do you do you get those things over the internet, or do you have to go to a little shop in a back alleyway <laughs> that <laughs> that you when you leave you turn around and it's gone? I yes. wish I wish that was the case, and it, it sometimes. I wouldn't. Just I, I wouldn't because when it doesn't work, you can't take it back. You can't take it back. Turns exactly. are awful. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a, a filthy goblin. It's as good as the guy selling watch on watches on the corner. Yeah. Right? That's okay. <laughs> No, like the poor girl is in hospital. <laughs> the store went straight through her. So, sir, you killed her. I didn't kill her. This guy from Diagon Alley's Diagon Alley, sir. Really? I'd, I'd love to give you an answer that's surrounded in mystery, but I'll, I'll give you an honest answer. It's just like any kind of commerce. <laughs> it's all mm. on the internet now, yeah. and all the all the mum and pop magic stores are closing. So, do you have like a workshop, like a like tools and where you create um, traps that kill birds and I stuff? I think Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the thing that I, I learned in, um, in, that, in, in the, the Prestige. prestige. Yeah. Oh, that, was the thing I, that was not good PR for Magic. No, it <laughs> wasn't. It was an awful movie. Because it goes, how, okay, how does, it, how does the trick like work the where the bird is gone from the trap and then you get not bird, like that. or you substitute it out and you rely on the audience assuming that you're not going to kill a bird for the trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you'd never do that. I was like, that's brilliant! Um, a that, horrible, but brilliant. That isn't how that trick is done, incidentally. Um, <laughs> bird one, oh god, I've been vicing all these birds! <laughs> and they're all perfectly safe. Okay. Um, okay. You have to say that, don't you? Yes, Otherwise exactly. you lose your license or something. <laughs> um, although they do dye birds, which is interesting to make them pretty colours. So. <laughs> Of course they do. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it's that fun. that plane is flying awfully close to our blimp. <laughs> I'll just I'll just move the whole thing away from the flight zones of Brisbane. <coughs> Otherwise, we get in trouble. Theater of the mind. <laughs> yeah. Did we get around to you answering the question, or did we end up wandering off? I forgot what the question was. Uh, workshop. We started. Do you have like a workshop oh. area and? <laughs> um, 
what no, you... I have my study basically. My show is small enough I can do everything. So what's so what skills do you bring? Like, do you know how to do like you know electrician work or or sculpting or how, what sort of skills are involved in? <laughs> putting magic tricks together. If you're an illusionist, I imagine you'd need to know how to do that stuff. You'd have some kind of workshop. What I do is, it's stage stuff, but mm. it's still smaller stuff, so I do a lot of card stuff and, and rope stuff and, and stuff like that, so that's mainly the comedy magic thing. So yeah, I'm not really whittling away in my, yeah. <laughs> in my, in my, uh, in my lab for hours. You're not designing tanks things. to hold no. tigers secretly. <laughs> no. I can fit my show in a very small CD case, a, a CD holder. I've actually seen some of your act because mm-hmm. we work, sometimes work at the same venue. Yeah. And there's another magician out there, and he's got like a box, yeah. basically a crate. Yeah. Which I assume is filled with like exotic animals and stuff. <laughs> he does a longer show than me as well. It should be noted. Right. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, it's it's where you want to go basically. There's the biggest stuff you can do. There's the smaller stuff. Mm. That's why uh, that's why balloon magic is so popular. I yeah, imagine it's it, very easy to carry around. Exactly. And then you just inflate it, and Bob's your uncle. And the people love that as well. People love the balloon animals. They get yep. into that. <laughs> and there's some balloon you animals. Sound, you sound so bitter. You're a bitter man. There's, what is there's, it a, sto- there's a story there. Hours of card tricks and learning, <laughs> writing jokes, and people just go for the balloons. It's a cheap gimmicky trick. Oh my god, I can wear it on my head! <laughs> oh, there are some people I would consider artists who do the balloon animals. <laughs> Oh, and now we're oh, going to get This that. is my favourite bit of the podcast. Uh, that's lead in and <laughs> give us names. Because... Um, <laughs> how do I come at this question? Rock stars. Yeah. People go, rock stars? Oh my God, so dreamy, etc. Right. And then, down, all the way down the other end, you've got mimes. <laughs> so, magicians and, I guess, science podcasters. Yes. Probably land somewhere <laughs> in the middle. I We're lower than magicians. We're much lower than magicians. I think magicians are probably slightly above mine, slightly below. You know that guy in the ghost train who jumps out? At <laughs> slightly below that in the entertainment hierarchy. Right, okay. He's got a good job. He's great. He can cop a feel. Like, you know, if he really wants to. He shouldn't. Was that a, was that a pun? No, but it's... Yes! Yes, it was! Yes, it was! It's a magician part. Magician part. Yeah, yeah, I had a plan for years. No, no, he can. If he chooses to, that guy can just touch people inappropriately. Now, they shouldn't. Oh, very naughty. But they, they could. They go, I like that guy or girl. I'm going to touch them inappropriately. And, of course, it's, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a ghost. Ooh, spooky. That's why they got rid of the one at Disneyland in the Haunted Mansion. They used to have a guy in a night costume yep. uh, who would jump out at people. But he started uh, groping people and kids started hitting him, so they had to get rid of <laughs> That's rough justice. <laughs> Which is fair enough. So uh, people can't actually do. No, fair enough. Do you carry things around? So someone says, "Show me a trick, or I'll shoot you in the face." Uh, you, could, you could like quickly do a trick and go, and they go "Okay, you don't get shot uh, in the face." I have cards on me right now. So you do. Okay, no, you don't have to do the trick. Them everywhere. So you do actually have something with you at all times. Um, yeah, most of the time. There, yeah, okay. there is a lot of stuff. I mean, all you need to do a trick is a couple of coins, and you can mm. and do something. You can do tricks with basically anything. So right. I uh, okay. I met a kind of like a a type of niece. A niece of mine, sort of. (laughs) I don't need you. Did she live in your basement? You know what? My niece. uh, I met my niece for the first time. She's like five years old. And she could only speak French. And so immediately she thought that I was completely dumb as a post. Because I couldn't speak French. Mm. Uh, She had that preconception that I couldn't speak her language. So she must kind of be smarter than me at some level, yeah. so there was this weird status at play. 
And so I was messing around with a token of some sort, and I uh, and she's like, oh, give me the token, but she did it in French, you know, avec le quino, and uh, and so I, I, I held the coin out to her, and I did the French drop, oh, which yes. is one of the few magic tricks I've, I've known. So I did the French drop, and then I held my hand out with it closed, and she rolled her eyes, opened up my, the hand, blew her fucking mind. <laughs> I was like, oh, I... I think I know why people do this now. How could she not be familiar with the French drop? It's well, the she, French drop. She's four. Well, yeah, and also, the French drop. in France, it's just be the drop. So, like, French bread is just bread. And French kiss is just a kiss. You know what I mean? So, so it's, it's not just a kiss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I thought they would have taught that in school. Before <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> That's the French drop, not French the French drop. kiss. Yeah, not the French We've kiss. said this before. Right, we're back into that territory. Now. No, 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 no. It's good to do with. I mean, I don't want to compare your niece with a dog, but it's good to do with dogs as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Right. If you, if you if you pretend to take a ball in your hand and then chuck it away, the dog will turn its head and then start running about a meter yeah. and then realise that there's no ball there. So it's you can spend hours doing that. And <laughs> I have done. Poor dog. Uh, yeah, dogs do do that. Dogs also know you have to train a dog to look where you're pointing, not look at what's pointing. So if you point, yeah. if, human, if I would point, hey, point over there, you'd all look at what I was pointing. Holy crap! We all know the signal is to look in that direction. Dogs will stare at your finger. So, so you go, look there, and dog goes, finger! And you're like, no, no, you have to train a dog to go, no, no, where the direction it's pointing. Yeah. They're kind of like very slow children. Like, you have to kind of, <laughs> in some respects, you have to go, oh, I love you, but you're quite thick. Uh, so what I'm trying to say, it's not really, not really big to uh, confuse a dog. If you're trying to base yourself, you're a great magician because you can confuse a dog, I'm just saying... Not a good selling point? No, no. It's no, a good job. Your point, though. Start. <laughs> RSVP, RSPCA, that's the sound I was looking That's right. It's, it's, yeah, the other one is when you write back to <laughs> yes, I would fun. love to attend your dinner party. <laughs> as long as you play poker afterwards with the other dogs. <laughs> I'm going to call this the Obscure References Podcast. <laughs> it must be. We do this. And this is actually pretty good for us. Yeah, we, we, we like to, we, we, our thing is making our audience work. We, 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 if, if the audience doesn't get it, which they don't, they don't, you know you do! Uh, then, <laughs> then, then it's, yeah, we don't. No, don't, no podcast requires show notes more than ours, which is nice. <laughs> it makes sense. So, being a magician, being a dark warlock, it's right. do you think it, shapes the way you think about the universe or the world. Uh, I'm, I'm talking here, let's go slightly more into religion and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you think magi- being a magician has shaped you or the fact that you were that sort of person has shaped your ideas on the universe in this way? And what are those ideas? I think probably learning magic has shaped my belief system quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, for a start, when you get into magic, all the magical superstars, the icons like Penn and Teller and James Randi, they're all very outspoken a skeptics, B atheists. Mm. So if you listen to them a lot, then you you will hear a lot about this stuff, and you'll be exposed to those ideas. But also, it does make you a more skeptical person because I mean, when I was five years old, I was learning things like bending spoons with your mind, and then you turn on the TV, and Yuri Geller, the great psychic from the mm. 80s, would be mm. doing the same thing but claiming it was real. Mm. And you would think, well, I just learned how to do that mm. using tricks. So probably he's using the same thing. So very early on... You're sitting there going, I wonder how I could turn a glass of water into wine. (laughs) Precisely, yeah. (laughs) So I think it's kind of a natural... I mean, that's not to say that every magician is is sceptical or is, Mm. is atheist. I can't Certainly. actually think of any. You rattled those names before. Oh, yeah, I know all these magicians you've talked about. Hmm. I mean, Penn and Teller. I know. Penn, I don't know about Teller, but I know uh, Penn Gillette is a 
is a libertarian politically, oh, well. yep. and 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 also, and but also very non-religious people where they, they don't believe in in religion at all. But I, I can't think of one magician, famous magician, that is actually religious. I can't. Then maybe they are out there, but they keep it very quiet. If they do, they, they don't mention it anyway. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Darren Brown as well. He's my favorite performer oh, yes. at the moment. Yes. He's, he's very outspoken. He scares me. He scares you. He, he <laughs> actively, not so much anymore. I've seen him enough now, and I and I know enough. And once again, dropping name dropping, talking to Philip Escoffi, and, and and discussing not not secrets, no secrets given away, but discussing psychology and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because Philip and Darren sort of come from a similar background and where they come yeah, from psychology they, kind they of stuff and they, they, yeah and, and they work together or they work in the same area not work together but when I first get, got into Darren's stuff he worried me actively worried me really? I, genuinely? Genu- no no genuinely worried yeah. me I, and I don't believe in magic I don't believe in, in supernatural powers but I couldn't work out how he did it at all and, I'm, and, mm. and that's not saying I, I, oh, I know how to trick but I, I always a lot of times with a lot of magicians I get the feeling that part of my brain goes I understand that even if I can't explain it it sounds like a cop out then sure uh, part of my brain goes oh that's a trick I don't know what the trick is but I don't freak out but something about Darren Brown when he was doing it would actively make my brain go ah! right I don't know the <laughs> reality is breaking and, and I didn't know the way he did it would just I, I'd get confused he would, his misdirection was so good yeah. I couldn't work it out and it was only when talking to people when he, they would say don't listen to X, Y and Z and don't follow blah blah and blah that's the misdirection total I, that's when I could calm down a bit and go oh thank god all of that's misdirection oh, I, I, I was looking I could see the trees but I couldn't see the forest Yeah. that was my thing so I calmed down but for a long time you said I will never meet Darren Brown I don't want to be in the same room with that man it would worry me it would it would make me scared. He's so, done a great job of uh, developing and selling this persona. Yes, that's, yes, exactly. And, and, the, the and, and promoting neuro-linguistic programming as a way of tricking people. Precisely. Well, the genius of Darren Brown was he took it away from the pseudo-mind reading and brought it to pseudo-psychology. So with, with pop psychology as big as it was, and Dr. Phil, he got the idea of, well, I won't claim it's mind reading, but I will claim I'm reading body language. Yes. I will claim that I'm using... And I don't think he's ever actually said he's using neuro-linguistic programming, but he's certainly... He's taken um, the language of That's NLP. right. He's yes. very careful not to say that, I think. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And if you read his book, actually, he goes into more detail about that. He says that he studied it, and there was some things to it. A lot, a lot of it was nonsense, in his mm. opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was, because I think that's inherently more intriguing for most people, mm. the psychology, rather than the And that's why it worried stuff. me. I, I mean, I've done psychology at university, and so he was speaking the language I understood, which, well, well I thought I understood. So he, was, he grounded it in a reality I was tricked into, which is what worried me. And I'm thinking back now, now looking back, imagine being in the 19th century when you believed in mysticism, yeah. and you believed in ghosts and ectoplasm and that sort of stuff. We all go, it's how could you have table wrapping, all sort of rubbish? And you go, well, if you're like me and you had a knowledge of it, if you're like Arthur Conan Doyle believed in fairies and that sort mm. of stuff as well. And you go, how? He, had this, he wrote this great analytical mind, Sherlock Holmes. Well, no, because he understood it and it tricked him because the language... We can all be tricked, what I'm trying to say here. You can, your brain, if, if you find the right keys, I think everyone can be tricked. But basically, we're all trying to think using something that resembles a crinkly steak. Yes, that's right. So it's, it's going to have some blind spots. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. And it took me a while with Darren Brown to tie that back in. Darren Brown, somehow, I was beautifully placed with my knowledge and my education to fall for his tricks. That's what I'm trying to say here. I was very nicely placed. It took me a long time to fight my way out of my own education yeah. to stop believing in his actual... Even though he was saying, this is a trick, my brain would still freak out. So and it can happen to anyone, what I'm trying to say. That, that was a good lesson for me to learn. If 
anyone can be tricked. You just got to find the right. In buttons. fact, you were smart enough to be eat more easily fooled. Yes. Well, they say that clever people, or clever people, can be tricked easily. But no, honestly, they say the smarter you are, the smarter you think you are, and the, and the better you are in an area, the easier it is to trick you. A lot of magicians do go down that path. There's a gambling term for that: half smart. Oh, yeah. You're half smart, you're easier to trick. So, so if you know some of the, the gambling uh, tricks, then they can con you. Do you know some of the gambling tricks? <laughs> um, not, no, I don't even play cards. Oh, I know right. some of the... Uh, hang the, on, the hang on, hang on. He's, he's tapping his nose while he's <laughs> But I'm f***ing excellent at two up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. They have, And that's why scientists have been fooled as well mm. by magicians. So we're half bad. smart enough to know better. Damn. That's right. <laughs> but Darren Brown opened up a whole new ethical can of worms for magicians with that whole mm. psychology thing. Because mm. a lot of magicians absolutely draw the line. They won't say that they actually have psychic powers. But he opened up this other area. Is it okay to lie about psychological techniques that yeah. you're not using, that uh, either giving the impression that you're using or saying that you're using? Yeah. Because so. it's a it's beautiful misdirection because it makes everyone oh, look at the body language of someone yeah, while you're exactly. you know, putting a card inside a dove. It's such an intriguing premise and I did a similar presentation of, of body language at a show in Melbourne about a month ago and it was for psychologists and counsellors and I assumed they would have known that I was just doing a trick even though I was claiming in the patter in the script to, to use body language but a woman approached me the next day and that day she was uh, giving a talk on similar themes um, covering things like NLP, and she asked me about it, and she she actually thought that's what I was doing. That's an expert. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you can't get much smarter so, than that. So did you make much money out of this? By the way? <laughs> did, you bilk, did you bilk this rube? I couldn't. I basically said there's, there's a lot of trickery involved. That was my out. Oh, okay. Which I probably should have just said it was a trick. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I decided to. Uh, I, I thought I'd go halfway and say there's a lot of trickery involved. What's well, that's actually well, 100 percent is a lot of trickery. Yeah. Exactly. That's, it's it's. it's the, the magic of grammar. I mean, I won't claim some magicians will kind of say, yeah, well, I'm kind of reading body language. I wasn't doing that at all. Mm. But uh, I thought I'd uh, leave her slightly intrigued by what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> I, I imagine you, there's a lot of tricks you can do with a couple of coins. A couple of coins, yep. yeah. And a lot of tricks you can do with cards yep. and some rope, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Can you do a magic trick on the radio? On the radio? I've done magic on the radio. But, but, but could it be a magic trick on the radio? Could you ever have a... Uh, this is, you're looking at me like I'm insane, Greg. But could you... Could you like, this is my challenge to magicians. Yeah. Can you do a magic trick on the, on the radio so that when people listen to it and they hear the trick, the audio trick, they go, wow, how did they do that? I'll show you my, my favourite radio trick, shall I? All right. Okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Radio now, Dan, I'm going to take out a playing card and put it down. Yes. Okay. Now, I want you to concentrate and tell me what playing card did I just put down. That is the Jack of Clubs. Fantastic. Excellent. You can hear the playing card. I just turned it over. I'm putting it back. <laughs> <laughs> now, it should be noted the card was face up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. That was right. I was watching that going, okay. But that's my favorite radio trick. You can do anything on the radio. Ah. <laughs> I, and what we're going to do, what we're going to make it even worse is we're going to edit in an elephant noise at that moment. <laughs> Jack and Boo! It's an elephant in the room! I'm not ah, I'm not. Ah, oh, there's an elephant in the room! I'll tell you the best thing. Ah, there's an elephant in the room! I'm not kidding. Oh my god, help me, it's an elephant! Oh, make it go away! Stop mentioning it. <laughs> my warlock, make it make it go, oh god, it's, it's hungry! It's, 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 it's never forgot, it's never forget this day! They don't forget the elephant that don't stop in the... Okay, right. <laughs> 
I'll tell you the absolute best trick to do on the radio, though. This is an old Yuri Geller trick. Yep. And you, you obviously know who Yuri yeah, Geller yeah, is. Yeah. It's to play the numbers game. It's, a, it's an old psychic trick. If you are doing a TV show or radio show where there's just enough people listening or watching, you just say, bring your watch up to the radio, your broken watches. I will fix them. Bring some cutlery. Put them around the radio. Mm. I will make them bend. And if you have just enough people listening or watching, always there'll be someone who either thinks it's genuinely happening or their watch actually does start for some reason, mm. or they just want a bit of attention. They say, call in the radio station and tell us, and then you get a stream of people calling up. That's probably the best thing you can do on the radio. So I could say right now on, on this okay. podcast... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself for the magical warlock stylings. <laughs> What are you going to do? If, if a look? spoon, look in your look in your uh, drawer in your kitchen. If anything has bent in any way whatsoever, email in the podcast and and let them know. There you go. Yes, you should get at least a few if you've got the big enough numbers. Oh no, we're not done. <laughs> That's it for us. It had to be big enough numbers, huh? You need. Uh, a, I think you need at least a few hundred. Few, a few. Oh, a few. A few. What define few? Let's uh, say three hundred. Oh. Oh, I don't know what the odds are. Ta-da! <laughs> a third of our audience disappeared! <laughs> Mr. Peter Booth, thank you so much for coming in and sharing all of your history and knowledge That's of the pleasure. occult <laughs> with us. Absolute pleasure. What a nice man. They're all nice men. That's right. in Except fact, the ladies. In fact, there are all men. We've interviewed no women yet. Uh, we had our librarian. That's not an interview. That was a that was a book review. Oh, all right. That's the point. Oh. Are we sexist? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good point. That's that that is a good point. Why do we not have any women on the pod? Okay, we're gonna have more women on the podcast. Yeah, that's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Now that we've reached twenty-one episodes and we are an adult podcast, yeah, we can stop giggling at girls yes, and we can ask them if they'd like to talk to us. Straight up, and pl- hello, I'd like to talk to you. Look you in the eye and talk to you. Talk your brains out. We Hard did, and fast talking. We did an interview Uh-oh. with Renee about boobs. Oh, yeah. And we giggled like small children. Yeah. Okay, we'll have, we'll have another crack yeah, at that, that. That was like episode three, wasn't it? That was episode 2.5. Good Lord. That was nearly two years ago. Yeah. We need to guess. Okay, probably more ladies on this podcast. So if you're a science lady or a comedy lady or... Or you know a science or, lady. Or a comedy who needs to talk to us, who desperately needs to get their, their knowledge out there, please get in contact with us. We don't want to be sexist pig dogs. But mm-hmm. before, we were talking about Chad 3 and how Chad 3 is losing about 50,000 tons of mass. Yes. And one of the things people think that maybe the planet's gaining mass is because there are 7 billion humans or so on the planet. And there didn't used to be 7 billion humans. And therefore, there must be more mass on the planet. That's silly. That is silly. That's it's not just... like they can turn sunlight into matter. That's true. true. I was going to mock you, but then you decided to do it to yourself. So well done on that one. That's that. Preempt mocked on that one. Uh, but right, there are more humans, but human bodies come from the ground and, and from elements around us, and uh, they require elements. Human, what, what did your parents teach you? I, not much, and that's why we don't have any women on the podcast. Because right. It's all very confusing. <laughs> we have lots of humans. There are bucket loads of humans. There are yep. over 7 billion humans. We discussed that in a pro- previous podcast. 7 billion. So here's a question, mm-hmm. something that I had to think about for a while. There is a saying, I've heard a saying, people do believe this too, and maybe it's true, that there are more humans alive today than there have been all through history. There are more, the living outnumber the dead. Ah, right. Dun, dun, dun. That's good news for people scared of zombies. That's that's right. We we outnumber them. But is it true? No, wait, hang on. That's not how zombieism works. No, no, no. There are more living people than there are dead people. 
That's the theory. Ah. That's the hypothesis. So let's think about it. Do you, what, what do you think about that? Are there more humans alive today than have ever been alive ever? Well, there's, I mean, it's jumped like crazy. Like when we were born, it was less than half of the population, yes. the population yes. is now. And there was a time in prehistoric times where it was down to like a thousand individuals or something. Wasn't that may it? be pre-human. That we're talking about okay. Homo sapiens sapiens here. So yep. let's, not, let's not go. Let's go back. Let's go back fifty thousand years. Yeah. So that means, right. so we can't go back two million years even. That you know that, that starts getting a bit silly. Or, but yes, I mean obviously there's more life so, forms being dead than yeah, been and because they're they're in a fairly small environment at that point, yes. like a hundred East, East Africa. Yeah. So uh, 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 so what forty thousand years ago. Aboriginal Australians came to Australia yes, very quickly too. They, um, they got to Australia. Here's a weird thing. Side note: they got to Australia before people got to Europe. Oh wow! So that's that's that's. And so they just didn't go in the cold. They just they they went along the they went along the the water the, edge. The water was lower. Mm. The theory says the water was lower, and they pretty much went along the coastline around the subcontinent, around India and around there. And all the uh, Indonesian archipelago and all those islands weren't islands; they were all joined together, mm. one big bit. And Australia was joined on as well. And they just went la, 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 in a very short period of time. I, I, I'm going on a limb here, but I'm going to say within like ten thousand years, they'd moved from. Africa all the way across into Asia and all the way down into Australia and then later went up into from a different direction oh, into right. Europe. Europe. Why would you go to Europe? What's in Europe? Nothing. Just cold. The coffee's expensive. There are Europeans everywhere. Uh, you know, Volvos. Volvos. <laughs> but at least there's no Canadians. Uh, so the hey. <laughs> but if, and, and then the uh, the American Indians went through they crossed over at the top where Russia and Alaska yes. joined? Yes, maybe. There's that's one theory, but there was a lot of glaciation up there at that ah, point right. in order to fight the way through. But there's possibility that the warm interglacial periods, like three to five thousand years wide, that people ducked through like you know, gaps and they went through, or they came down by boats, that there were more boat ferrying people and went down the coastlines. Ah, there's right. theories of that too. But that's a bit not entirely sure. There's lots of arguments maybe the human beings got to Amer- the Americas much earlier than we thought they did because there's some loose evidence. I'm mm. very loose. But let's get back to the main point. Yes, there's, I mean, there can't have been a lot of people when they were in Africa 100,000 years ago. No, no. They wouldn't have been clumped together in, like, cities of ten, no. like, thousands and thousands. No, no, not much at all, no. So, oh, goodness. And so, but at the same time, how many generations is that? That's... Uh, well, uh, every thirty years, uh, uh, hundred thousand divided by thirty <laughs> will be uh, ten thousand. About three. That's about three and a half thousand generations. Like, yes. re- and that's a really low estimate. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's quite, it's quite low. Massively low. So, so what do you um, think? So, do you think it was? What do you think is actually how many? Do you think this number is higher or lower? Do you think that sounds right? That there are more people alive today than there are dead. There would have to be. More people who have died than there are living right now. In right. Fact, there were, so and and by, some... by a substantial amount. I reckon that probably 10% of, like, 10% that's of a, people who are that's here. That's a damn close guess, actually. You, you, wow, I'm very impressed by that. that so do you want to give us the, the, the facts? And that the, Go on then. Yes, there, are, there is no way as there are people, more people alive than there have been dead. Just the sheer fact that humans, yes, there are 7 billion humans alive, but they're, they're, these are not the same 7 billion humans that have existed since the start of humanity. Yeah. That's what people forget. They go, well, 7 billion, so we add one more, that's one. No, people die and they replace. So is that kind of, there are lots of people dying all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of people 
people being born now as well, the death rate doesn't, uh, well, does change, but statistically you can average it out. And it's based on the population. The higher your population goes, the more your death rate averages out. It goes up, sorry, but it's still a, it's still a curve. It's not an asymptotic curve. It doesn't shoot through the ceiling. You're, you're mm. not having lots of deaths. But the American Population Reference Bureau estimates that about 107 billion people have lived through all of time. 107 billion. Oh, okay. 107 so... billion. So 100 billion more than are standing on the planet right now have, have lived throughout all of time. And that's, that oh, is that wow. is counting us too now. That's, count, that's why there's 7 billion. So that's about 10%. About 10. Well, not 7%. really. 7%. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I, was, I, I was impressed by the number. that You, you were getting with it. Factors of 10, I was quite impressed that you were get hitting within factors of 10. Factors so, of 10? I was, not only was, it, was I within, I wasn't even within a factor of 10. I was in a factor of 1. I was just 3 out. Well, no, okay. You, you don't know how math works, do you? Of course I do. Who was the 27th President of the United States of America? Indeed. Who rose to power on a wave of proper support for President Roosevelt? Tuck. Most assuredly. Is the man whose domestic agenda emphasized trust busting and civil service reform? Tut! Indubitably. Be smart enough to know better, Sexy History Channel was a total failure and was never heard from again. Walk of Shame! Shame, here it is. You said uh, Neanderthals, they died out 10,000 years ago. Right. About 50,000 years ago, is it? Remains have been found back as far as 32,000 years. 32,000, okay. Uh, but evidence of fire by Neanderthals was found from 24,000 years ago in Gibraltar. Oh. But I don't know how to tell the difference between Homo sapien fire and Neanderthal fire. Yes. Must be camps or something like that. I know they found, recently found Neanderthal art. They went, they know that there are Neanderthals, because Neanderthals got to Europe first, they, they, before, before Homo sapiens sapiens got there. Homo, Homo sapiens Neanderthalus got there, and then Homo sapiens turned up, Homo sapiens sapiens turned up later, us. Uh-huh. later and they know we weren't there and they but they found all these caves full of this artwork and everyone's gone oh Neanderthals couldn't do art they were dumb ugly stupid they like to kill with their hands and we keep learning this is wrong 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 like they mm. buried their dead they made beads and now we've discovered this artwork that wasn't human made and what's really weird when I saw the picture now this is just me reading into it so but it looks like dna strands I was trying, like, <laughs> they were super intelligent no, but they just they just did these swirly pictures they could do art as well so i said ten thousand years but obviously that was wrong yep i stand corrected and now i was talking about how mammoths aren't much bigger than elephants mm-hmm. uh, which is my mistake yes from reading the magic the gathering cards <laughs> and you responded mastodons. uh so, so mastodons must have been the bigger ones because mm. they were the and i quote mm-hmm. really 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 big ones mm-hmm. mastodons w- were smaller than both elephants and mammoths hmm. okay i must i'll look it up because i was we were doing research into mammoths mastodons and what was the other one mammoths mastodons blue and, whales 
No, no, no. The other, Blue uh, whales are bigger. They're the third elephant one, too. Ah. Anyway, there is one that's bigger. There's one that is actually bigger than... than... Anyway, okay, well, I certainly didn't find it. Oh. So I'd love to know what that is, because how good would that be? That's it. Oh, okay, there you go. I tried to sing the first line of Agadoo, but of course the first line of Agadoo is... Agadoo, do, do, Yes. Push. Push pineapple. Pineapple, shake, shake a, a tree. tree. Yes. Not... I said, I said, punch an apple, shake a tree, and that just makes no sense at all. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no, no, no. So, we've, we've fixed Agadoo now. Thank yeah. God for that. Now, we were talking about tithing yes. a while ago. Oh, yes. I got in contact, actually. I got in contact with Father Bob Maguire. That's awesome. I know. And I, I, thank you for reminding me, because I've just... I, it's, like the famous, most famous priest in Australia. That, that I... Well, yes, that, that oh. I would know of. He's, if those who don't know, he's on John Safran's radio program and has been in many of his shows. John Safran's a, an Australian larrikin who lives in Melbourne and, and has been on Race Around the World many years ago. And John Safran versus God and many other interesting documentary, comedy kind of stuff that he's done. But he works with this... Well, they work together. He pranked this Catholic priest quite a few times. And instead of getting angry, this priest got involved and with John's stuff. And now they work together. But I, yes, you're right, tithing. Dan originally said, what used you tell him? Well, all the money that you put into the trays, mm. that just goes into the BMWs mm. for the priests. And it and goes went, towards making the church nice and filled with gold. And I said, oh, don't be ridiculous, Dan. Well, A, what religion are we talking about here? But that aside, what, that's ridiculous. That's just silly. That's, that's you just getting angry, angry atheist yep. type. Cause, and I said, it probably goes towards philanthropic gesture, feeding the poor, mm. that sort of thing. Like, you give and, them money. And, 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 and on one level, I went, oh, no, he's probably got a good point. But I've got to stick with my guns. <laughs> so we didn't know how to prove this. Or, so in the end, out of, just out of weird, I just tweeted Father Bob Maguire. I follow him on tweet on Tweety, and I uh, I tweeted him, not expecting anything back. Very very quickly, he got back to me. Uh, I asked the question: Does where does the money go to the, in the, the trays? So he tweeted back, mm-hmm. and and unfortunately, I'm wrong. He said it could go towards philanthropic gestures, but most likely not. It goes towards the upkeep of the church. Yay! So there you go, <laughs> but wasn't that nice that a priest, a father of the Catholic Church? Just went, no, that's not what we do with that money. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't hide it. He didn't try and butter coat it. He went, no, that goes towards that. And why, though, was, I realized why he was telling me this was because he then goes and asks for money for like the Bob Maguire Foundation that mm. goes and helps the people of Melbourne. And that's why he's probably saying it. He's like, no, no, that's church money. Yeah. Please help the people by giving money. But there you go. I stand corrected. I was trying to be the bigger man and say, they're probably nice people doing nice things. And they let me down. Yeah. Who would have thought? Oh. And of course, there's the big one. We barely need to go into this. Oh, God. But uh, there was an email. It said, uh, in episode 20, you, Greg, said the surface of Venus was 5,000 <laughs> degrees. Yes, yes. I That'll know. melt lead, uh, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you are out by a factor of 10, 10. Mm-hmm. as it's about 460 degrees. Yeah. But it is true that it will melt lead. Yeah, yeah. I knew the, I knew the lead thing was right. Uh, yes, I, I should have said 500, not 5,000. Yeah. Chad, on the other hand, has a surface temperature of about... 5,500 degrees and will melt everything. But it's really weird is that from that email you sent to me as well, it doesn't take into account that the surface of Chad is actually not the hottest part of Chad. Mm. The hottest part of Chad, well, one of the, the not, no, I shouldn't say the hottest part of Chad, that's a, that'll be a walk of shame, inside a walk of shame. But 
above the surface of Chad is actually hotter than the surface of Chad. Oh, so wow. The, cro- the chromosphere, he reaches for a term out of his brain, can be millions of degrees, and that number could be wrong too. But it's much hotter in the chromosphere than it is on the surface of Chad. How can a thing have a surface, a, a liquidy, plasmary thing, liquidy, how can a plasmary thing have a surface? It does. And uh, we'll just not go down that. <laughs> That's a whole different uh, fluid. So, uh, thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. And uh, also Fault pointed that out as well. Oh, okay. Excellent. Thank you. Hey, Dan, a letter came for you. Oh, thanks. Dear Dan, I hope this letter finds you in good spirits. Jane is fine. She says to tell you that Uncle Jeffrey is back on his diet and is exercising again. He wants to tell you that Uncle Jeffrey is back... Hold on, I've read that before. Blast, I, I skipped a line and didn't notice it. Wants to tell you that Uncle Jeffrey is back... Damn, I did it again! Okay, skipping ahead. Blah, blah, blah. Cindy asks after you. She has been engaged to Dom for two years now, and I think she's getting... Oh, my God, this letter is so long. Oh, I'm not even halfway through reading it. Oh, now Greg is watching me read it. He's going to ask me what's in it. He can be so nosy sometimes. No, wait, he's not like that at all. He's not going to ask. Why doesn't he show more of an interest in my life? Stupid Greg. Oh, wait... Greg's my friend. I shouldn't be rude to him in my own head. But it is my own head. Who's he to tell me what to think? I can think anything I want. I can even think of his girlfriend in a bikini. Oh, no! I'm thinking of Greg in a bikini! Get out, get out, get out! Oh, does that make me gay? Maybe everyone's a little bit gay. I guess that makes it all right. Oh, he's still looking at me. Does he know? Hmm. Better get back to the letter. Skin, 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 blah, blah, blah. Yours affectionately, Auntie Diane. So you'd like something to drink? Uh, yeah, uh, Pepsi? Uh, I knew he wouldn't ask me. Greg is such a jerk sometimes. You just said that out loud. <laughs> this is Playing With Fire, this one. Playing With Fire. Not literally. Dan Beeston. Which would be playing easy. With fire. But it's it's an emotional subject. Oh, goodness. So yeah, well, our subjects pretty much. We normally rile each other up quite well. No, but this could rile up our audience. Like oh, right, our, 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 audience. our audience could be like hot buttons or ahoy. And then you'll have to hide away Jason, fictional Beeston, because they might like come for him to hurt you. Yeah, no, I don't want them to and know where he like, goes to school. And then you'd be like Liam, Liam Neeson. You have to go. You took my son. I don't know if Liam Neeson sounds like that. You took my son, and now I will have to punch you in the face. And I go, ah, oh, you took my fictional son. We never saw the kid. He's fictional. Wham! Ah, that'd be awesome. Okay. So you're trying to say something. This, this part... Hang on, hang on, wait, 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 wait. Audience, I don't know, I honestly have no idea what he's leading up to, but you should sit the hell down. Sit down, audience, because Dan, he's got a look in his eye. He's, he's going to rile you. He's going to reach into your soul, and he's going to point out it doesn't exist, and then he's going to give you something that looks like a soul, and he's going to tweak it. Go. Is my miscarried baby in heaven? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ow! Wow! <laughs> I feel... Uh, what? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the pushing button. Look, look at the back feet. Your both feet are under your back feet. Uh. So, uh, so far as the church is concerned, life begins at conception. That is one of the arguments. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The church. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, says sure. that yeah. they're like, please don't have morning after pills and stuff. Yes. Life begins at conception. Right. That's why you can't. You're murdering that. the baby. Right. I see. Yes. Yes. There is a soul already in that child from some second one. Yes. Right. From conception, there is a soul because a soul is part of that life. Right. Now, the answer that, to... Does that actually mean from the moment of 
orgasm for the male, or does that mean when the egg is fertilised? Because it's a, it's quite fuzzy. Yeah, it's a we, fuzzy thing. Because the egg that means you could still wear a condom if the, as long as the as long as the sperm doesn't touch the egg. Then there's no. Well, there are other rules in the church for yeah, about yeah, wearing yeah. condoms. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I just thought. Sorry, you, you're going on sidetrack here. All right, but uh, yes. So you've got your zygote. It gets a soul. Right. That's when its soul starts. Someone said, "Children before the age of reason are taken straight to heaven. Mm. You have to be old enough to understand that you are denying God to not go to heaven." Right. That is not the church's position, though. That's just some guy on the internet. That was. That's. That might be the modern position. These be purgatory. Well, purgatory doesn't exist anymore. No, purgatory is something different entirely. Oh, actually, okay. and I'll get to that. Ooh. So yes, it's what not about limbo. It's not true that children get stop jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay. In the Catholic Roman Church, the age of reason is the age at which children become capable of moral responsibility. Mm. On completion of the seventh year, a minor is presumed to have the use of reason, but mental retardation or insanity could prevent some individuals from ever reaching it. Mm. So a seven-year-old can make decisions about no, an moral... eight-year-old. Eight-year-old can be morally culpable. Yes. Wow. Children under the age of reason and the mentally handicapped are sometimes called innocents mm-hmm. because of their inability to commit sins, even if their actions are objectively sinful. So they, if I want to rob a bank, I should get like six-year-olds with guns to race in there and rob that bank because they can't go to heaven. They're, yeah. not, they're not morally culpable. But assuming I am. They're not morally culpable. Yes. So, I, yeah. the, the so that's a sin that they're committing. Yes, but they're not committing a sin. I'd be committing the but sin. But is now. robbing banks a sin? The stealing, stealing is. Thou shalt not steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah thou yeah. shalt not steal. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm gonna get your fictional son. I say, damn. Um, I'm going to get other children who are also fictional to, to go and covet people, their stuff. Oh, I'm going to get into a house and just go, wow, I really like your computer. Uh, and they go, oh, that's sinful. They go, no, it's not. My kid's six. Jesus, they're blind to Jesus. Jesus like, I didn't hear it. He's got baffles on. I can't see anything. But uh, even if their actions are objectively sinful, they sometimes lack capacity for subjective guilt. But, I, know, uh, you know, if you don't, I know 35-year-olds who have that problem. Uh, well, if you're, not, if you're not feeling guilt, then you, yeah, you're yeah, not doing yeah. church properly. Yes, I see. Mm. Um, Now, confirmation can be conferred only on a person who has the use of reason. And Holy Communion may be administered to children only if they have sufficient knowledge and careful preparation so that they understand the mystery of Christ according to their capacity and are able to receive the body of Christ with faith and devotion. When did we become a religious podcast? Uh, I'm I'm dealing with it. Just just, just to say, who would have thought having an imaginary friend would have so many rules? I mean, when I was a kid, my imaginary friend, I'd just go, let's go on adventures, flying purple snake creature. And he'd go, I'm going to kill everyone. i go, don't kill everyone, then you should kill everyone. Go, okay, I will when I get older. Awesome. And then we'd run around for a second. It was awesome, but no oh one had rules. Oh, wait, that, was, that, was that too much? Um... Where was I? Body of Christ with faith and devotion. Mm-hmm. The most purely Eucharist, however, can be administered to children in danger of death if mm. they can distinguish the body of Christ from ordinary food and, re- <laughs> and receive communion <laughs> reverently. <laughs> Sorry, I should... Now, I'm going to assume this is a double-blind test. Yeah, that's right. So is this just a piece of bread or is it actually magical, magical flesh? Because, I mean, God would not stand for anything less than a, a proper no, double-blind yeah, test. Yeah, so he did have, some of them would be wafers and some of them would be the body of Christ. I agree. Now, in medieval times, unbaptized children went to hell. Fair enough. That's where they went. Fair enough, too. Then, around 1300, the church discovered, and through what I assume is a peer, full peer review process, Yep. Right. Yes. Uh, the limbo of infants. Oh. 
it is a hypothesis. Oh, God, it's, it upsets me that the word hypothesis yeah. no, is No, 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 there's a hypothesis. That's fine. It's, as long as it's not a bloody theory. All right. It's a hypothesis. You can, I can say any. Uh, hypothesis, Dan, there is a demon standing behind you right now. That's a hypothesis. It doesn't make it even vaguely true. I'm not even going to test that because it's more exciting. <laughs> so it's a, a hypothesis about the permanent status of the unbaptized who die in infancy. Right. Too young to have committed personal sins, uh-huh. but not having been freed from original sin. Mm. Oh, goodness. Some who hold this theory regard the limbo of infants as a state of maximum natural happiness, other as one of the mildest punishment. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like someone just poking them out. <laughs> That's really it. Stop it. Okay. Uh, this theory in any of its forms. So it's like watching two and a half men. <laughs> it's because it's got to be better than that. Uh, this theory, in any of its forms, has never been dogmatically defined by the church, but it is permissible to hold it. Now, if you're a, if you're a parent and you yes. had a child who died under eight, you go to heaven. You don't get reunited with yes, your child. So you're, you're driving around with your six-year-old child. You get in a car accident. You're both killed. If you're a oh, good Christian, yeah. you go straight to heaven. But your six-year-old child has yeah. to wait in limbo. Where's my six-year-old child? They're in limbo. In limbo. They they couldn't yeah. take the Eucharist. Yeah. Right. I, so they had they, they original always, sin. Yes. Uh, but limbo, I'm assuming they work up. They have to like work in a little fat and have to make some fairy wings and get to heaven. Like work off no. the net. They're no, no, they're forever. stuck in limbo forever. That yeah, they never come out of limbo. No, because if you could do that, then when you discover that there was an afterlife, you just go, "I accept Jesus Christ into my life. Oh, I'm in heaven now." Yeah, but but wouldn't, isn't the whole point of these things that you go, "Okay, no, no, no. I, I will work my way out of this thing." No, huh. no, purgatory is what you're thinking ah, of. Ah, right. Purgatory is right. very different. It's, uh, it involves when you die, you're destined for heaven, yeah. but you're in a bit of a you're in the green room yeah. for heaven. Right. You've got to become a little bit holier. So just with, get in there. So with limbo. Really, what you're trying to say is, you know, obsessed me with that is, it limbo proves how low you can go. Uh, yeah, see? Limbo, how low? Yeah, you, limbo, it's a stick. Limbo, punch an apple, shake a tree. <laughs> um, now, up to fifty percent of pregnancies end in miscarriage. Mm-hmm. More than eighty percent of those losses happen before 12 weeks, and most of those in the first month before the mother even realizes that they're pregnant. Sure. Okay. What do you know about original sin? Uh, It's original. You have no choice. Adam and Eve, they they ate the apple, therefore we're all tainted by this sin no matter what happens. The phrase is that we're all born with original sin. Yes. We're all born with original sin. But but you're human from a point of conception. Yes, but we're born with original sin. So, So, So when you get to heaven... There's no kids under the ages of eight, which sounds like heaven to me. No, wait. I love my son. Yeah, he's eight. Jason. He's eight. He's, oh, yeah. He's eight years old. And there is also the meat confetti that is the incorruptible, resurrected, and new bodies of the miscarried. Right. So you're, you're basing that theory there on they didn't understand birth, and then later on they added conception. They moved back from birth to conception. So really you're, you're saying there's a special window of nine months that, that this law doesn't cover. Yes. I'm willing to bet the church would say that window doesn't exist. The moment of conception is what they mean by birth. No, no, but but birth is a very specific it is, it medical is. condition. Yeah, no, it is. But let's face it, the church is not all about rigorously defined scientific uh, situations. That's not what they're about. What? what? I know. What? I, uh, I know. But then all of my research, then, then this means that this might not be true. I've become aware of a situation. And it's been bugging me, and I've talked about it to a few people I know already. Yep. But I think this podcast is a, is a good forum for it. I know a biology teacher, a yes. senior biology, who openly has said they do not believe in, in evolution. 
Oh, yes. So, yes. you know, I've talked to you about this before. And in fact, I've mentioned it on ABC Radio and I've mentioned it on 4 Z Radio as well as talking pieces. I think it's an important talking piece. Yeah. I think our listeners need to know it as well. And this, this shocked me. I had to sit back and, and it put me back on my heels. It wasn't an aggressively said. It was just said. This teacher just said it. I don't believe in evolution. It's a senior biology teacher. That teacher has said that they will teach it, but they will say it's just a theory. Using that phrase, it's just a theory. Ah. Mm. There's a whole kettle of ah, right there, I understand. But it's it's very annoying. But And they say that they're, they will point out, because it's mandated by the state in Queensland that you will teach evolution as part mm-hmm. of the, the core curriculum and you will teach it, but teachers have leeway. We, we have the ability to move yeah. things around. Even national curriculum, we have the ability to move things around. This teacher will teach evolution. They have said they will teach evolution, but they have said they they will also slide in. There are other versions, the other versions that, where animals could come from. They didn't... Specific- Lamarckism. They didn't specifically say... Giraffes that- stretching harder and higher <laughs> with each generation, stretching their necks out. That's right. And why not? They didn't say exactly what that meant. I, thinking back, they didn't say uh, intelligent design or creationism. I know the answer was... They, for religious reasons, they didn't yep. want to talk about it. So putting two and two together here, just so you know, I'm extrapolating slightly, but I don't think it's a big jump to go. They're talking about creationism yep. or intelligent design or whatever you want to call it. This put me back on, on my heels a bit. I wasn't too sure. I didn't talk to this person. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't want to get an argument. These are professionals I work with. Mm-hmm. And, and as they say, don't crap where you eat. So I was very careful to go, okay, I'll think about this. And, you know, none of my business. I'm not going to talk about it. And so we've been putting it to different people around. And the, the thought process seems to be, Many people are like, yeah, it's fine. But a lot of the other people are, no, it's wrong, but it's still, as long as that teacher says what they believe in, it's okay for them to have a belief in something because they believe it, they can still teach both sides. And I disagree with that. I'm still, I haven't heard a good argument of it. And people try and balance it. It's all about balance, balance, balance. But I think they go, no, that's actually wrong. I, there are things in the world we can know. That's the mm. that's thing is quite fun. You kind of go, oh, you can't know that, Greg. Actually, we can. Yes, once again, uh, Karl Popper, falsification, nothing can be known in mm. the grand scheme of knowing things. But honest to God, uh, all, the, <laughs> yeah, Greg, all the evidence points that evolution is right. From the biochemical, uh, Janet, the librarian, said it last time with the greatest show on earth, the fossil record is just one gravy. tiny bit. Gravy, exactly right. So there's so much evidence. It's ridiculous to even go, oh, it's a balanced argument. Jesus magically conjured up. And it's not true. It's irritated me. Yep. Uh, so think, I'd like people to talk about it. Get back to us. Tell us at the podcast what you think. Should this person be able to teach evolution and uh, intelligent design or whatever other Lamarckianism, whatever versions of biology? Should that teacher announce, and should any teacher announce their odd beliefs, define an odd belief? And as a teacher of children, should you say, and actually, I am a Christian and I don't believe in evolution. That teacher said it to me. They didn't say it to the head of department. It's not right. known. It's just, I happen to know it. Yeah. So this is, this is why I'm being a bit careful about saying who this person is. I don't want to get them into trouble. It's up to them to say it. But should teachers have odd beliefs and should they be known odd beliefs? I'm intrigued because I, I don't want to just be dogmatically following the line, I am a robot. But then again, I don't think I'm the sort of person who dogmatically follows a line as a science teacher <laughs> anyway. But then again, we'd all, all robots would say that. I do not follow the dogmatic line. I am a free thinker. <laughs> but... To answer this, not just the, it's not just me bitching about it. I'm going to get a song. Yes. About evolution. This is Baba Brinkman, a Canadian who is rapping <laughs> yes. about evolution. <laughs> yeah. 
play a gas. The DNA strand has the same basic plan in every living thing, every plant, every animal, every little flea has the same proteins with a certain percentage of the same genes arranged identically. It's no coincidence. It means every living thing has a shared ancestor with every living thing. This is true for Jews and Christians and Sufi mystics and Buddhists and every religion and superstition. If you can listen to this, it means you're passing through this existence on a wave of DNA and you're just one of its newest inventions. Simple molecule can build bodies so well with such an obvious wealth of variation and adaptation. Well, in DNA's case, it's because it copies itself and makes little mistakes, which would not really help, except that one in every million is a slight improvement and leaves more copies, whether mice or humans. And that's what keeps this whole life thing moving, changing and growing and competing for mates, because that's the only way to keep your DNA up in the race, which explains a lot, like how animals and plants all behave in the wild. So next time you shake hands or break dance or make plans, don't forget the straight facts. Information that makes your brains and hands comes from one place, DNA strands. Crazy amount of production in that video clip. Yes, I looked. I just found this totally by chance uh, when I was looking up a song for this episode. He goes on the road, like he's he does concerts, and he's been to to New York doing an off Broadway show all about. You all the songs are about DNA and natural selection, and he does it all about rap. He raps his way through all of it. He's awesome. (laughs) A Canadian, I like. Who would have thunk it? (laughs) But Barbara Brinkman, I thought it was a very interesting way of doing it. I love the fact that when you watch the film clip and you show it, it's lots of very attractive young ladies belly dancing and and sort of wandering around. And it's a whole. I love mixing the sexiness, you know, like bling and sexy women and. And his all the expressions are very I'm more powerful and you know and like the whole kind of silly masculine rapper stuff. Yeah. Then mixed with the words of you know of selection and adaption and I think it, was really, <laughs> I, I really, it, it tickled me. I thought it was quite fun. Yeah, no, it's lovely to watch. Uh, but yeah, go watch the film club. It's worth watching. And then look up the rest of his stuff as well, dear listener, because he, he's done lots of the other songs. Some of them are a little silly. There's one where you have Charles Darwin and Carl Sagan and Richard Dawkins having a rap battle, uh, literally dressed up as rap battles. I mean, they're, they're actors playing them yeah. versus like Sarah Palin and, and, and other sort of Tea Party <laughs> people. And they, and they all kind of throw down. It's, it's very cute. You watch it. And it's, it's nice. Kind of, it's kind of fun. The one that you should listen, um, listen to also is one where he discusses how he he writes a song about writing rap songs so he's saying about plan test 
reinvent. I think they're not the exact words, but you, you write the words, you see how they go, you change them. And, and that's his song and over and over again. And then he goes, but actually that's how life goes. There is a, there's mm-hmm. a template, it's tested, and then it's changed. Template, test, change. And that's really clever. Like, <laughs> everything in the whole universe, everything in biology is, is, is a template that gets tested and then changed. Mm. So Barbara Brinkman, have a look. Have a look. We are made of DNA. Ha <laughs> I've got bad news. What? We're at the end of the episode already. Oh, and the rain is coming down outside. If only we could listen to us every single week just to get our, <sighs> our weekly fix. Oh, my God. We can. Oh, my God. That's right. That's an expression. But we're on the 612 ABC local radio for Brisbane. Every Wednesday at 3.45, you can catch us on 612 ABC. If you are not in Brisbane or you miss us for some reason, you can go to the 612 Brisbane website, ABC website, look for the Brisbane local radio, and you can find Drive with Tim Cox, or just type in Smart, smart Enough to Know Better and ABC radio, and you'll find us. Excellent. And it's all podcasted down. Also, we've been on... 4ZZZ. 4ZZZ, the funky radio station. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the old people's radio station. All the kids are hanging out. And they're like, oh, those old guys like speaking wisdom. Yeah, they're not saying that. No. But but we've got some good feedback from that too. So we talked to the lovely Bernadette Young, and and we talked to her on Paper Aeroplanes, which is all about science education, well, just education in general, really, and also cool music. There's no podcast for that. No, no, no. So, you just have to listen. You just have to listen. Said, Man, you can listen all the time because we might just leap in. It'll be on a Tuesday afternoon. You know what's easy? Just follow us on Twitter, SE2KB. Indeed. And, and if you watch that, you'll see all of our movements. And you'll be able to hunt us down and tell Dan that you don't use expressions like meat confetti. I'm Dan at smartenough.org. And I'm Greg at smartenough.org as well. Feel free <laughs> to send us an email telling us how wrong we are or how sexy we sound on the radio. Or how much you like Dan's new fictional son, Jason. If you would like to chat with other like-minded people who like the podcast, jump into the forums and have a swim around in the, the pits. <laughs> The tar pits of uh, communication down there. It's lovely. Join us. It's nice and warm and friendly. And no one attacks anyone's face ever. What? Why would you say that? Because there's some... no face attacking in our forums. That's right. There's no face attacking. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you even consider that? Because well, I just thought I just want that's something that I worry about. Face attack. Beast attack. Beast attack. Face attack. Yeah! Ah! My face. What's the matter? You know what? Suckers on animals is wrong. It's against God. They don't have suckers. They should be destroyed. It's not suckers. They're Vanderwaals forces. They're actually a little... They're more like um, uh, Velcro. No, it's not like Velcro. Oh, on a quantum level, yeah, they're bonding with the glass. Yeah. That shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... Dan, that noise. Dan Beast Those... against Vanderwaal forces. I, I'm, look at my tattoo. <laughs> I'd like to point out I'm very confused. This where our audience really is flailing like crazy people at the moment. Oh, they do that all the time anyway. <laughs> and then right into a hotel. That's their natural state. <laughs> when I read that, I went, oh, yeah, of course there's more people alive today. I've heard that before, and I just accepted it. Yeah. No, I would, I would have believed that too, um, except for the... I read the same article that you oh, did a couple did, of days ago. Oh, cheaty, cheaty, cheaty. Don't tell, don't tell oh, our audience. That's why oh, I see, oh, well, you know, I'm in the... Uh-huh. Because I was like, do I, do I tell... Do I, do I just go, oh, I read this, and it's not going to be anywhere near as fun, because yeah. I can tell you the answer. Yeah, it's like, nah, it'd be more fun if I get bang on. I really impress Greg. <laughs>
It's been out, out ruined it. <laughs>